Here we are, back again. How you doing? I'm good. I've got a glass of Prosecco in front of me. Me too. Cheers. Cheers. What are the odds? I'm done working for the day, so... That is always something worth celebrating. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hell yes. Um, hey, remember how after we did our breakups episode, I was like, yeah, why would I want to do that again? Why would I want to get back on those apps? Yeah. Can you please tell me why I re-downloaded OkCupid the very next day? Well, funny you say that because I was thinking to myself, you know how you like announced to everybody that I was on Hinge, you were <laughs> pimping me out? I sure did. Sorry. So, <laughs> Sorry about that. I think it was like the next day that I actually went off Hinge and then I went on Bumble. So... The only answer I have is that we're fucking hypocrites. I don't. Oh, know what to say. I mean, I don't know what else right. to say about it. Right. But it's it's worked out pretty well for us, though, right? Because we both so far, yeah. We both have ventured into new territory with like socially distant dating. Through- it is a different world right now. I mean, it obviously, is. in so it many is. ways. But for people who have been on these dating apps and having to kind of deal with that for years now. To do that kind, now is I kind of like it, I have to say. Like, yeah. I did a Zoom date. And, How did that go? Um, it was great. I liked it. I liked it because it was not a lot of pressure, you know, for the first time, like, mm-hmm. meeting someone. I was talking to this guy on Bumble, and we just talked for, like, a few hours, and he, like, immediately asked me out or asked me to do something, which I so appreciate. I hate it when people want to be, like, pen pals and beat around the bush yeah, forever. Yeah, the point? Exactly. And so I was like, cool, appreciate that. And so I said, well, you know, how do you feel about doing a Zoom date? And he said, sure, uh, let's do it. No reservations. So uh, we did it. And I was like, I don't like, how is this going to be, you know, and it ended up being great. Like we had a good time. I was cracking up because he's super funny. And it was just like no pressure, you know, you didn't have to worry about like, where are you going to meet? Or what are you going to do if right. you're like, there's no connection? Or like, how are you going to peace out when it's time? And you but... don't even have to put pants on if you don't want to. <laughs> well, that's another kind of day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, I actually quite liked it. I'm on board a fan of the Zoom or like video conference dating. And that was always an option, but it wasn't something that like I would ever really have considered before. Me either. It kind of seems awkward. But I think I would still do it like post pandemic. That's good. Um, be, just because it felt like a nice low pressure way to mm-hmm. talk to somebody. Huh. So what about you? You did. Was it a Zoom date or what did you do? I actually suggested a Zoom date, but and we were going to do it, and then his power went out, and so I mean, <laughs> did it really though? Well, he. <laughs> He ended up addressing that. He's like, I don't want you to think I'm lying. And then, so we uh, we ended up talking on the phone for like an hour and a half instead of Zooming. Just because okay. we could have just like video chatted on the phone. But he was like, it's dark in my apartment. You won't be able to see me. So you didn't feel like you were being like catfished or something like this isn't really what he looks like. I mean, I guess time will tell. But <laughs> we talked for an hour and a half on the phone. Oh, huh? At one point, apparently the lights came back on. He's like, oh, my God, I'm blinded. Like he was... <laughs> Sitting on the couch with his dog in the dark, and then the light, light came back on right in his face. But but yeah, that's definitely the first time I've spoken to somebody on the phone, like, more than just a couple words because before people meeting. Don't, well, and people don't really talk on the phone that much anymore. No. Like, I've definitely noticed it uh, at a work environment, too, mm-hmm. when you have somebody younger 
that you're working with and they'll be like frustrated and say like I emailed this person so many times they're not responding to me and I'm like did you try calling them did you just like pick (laughs) up your phone and they're like uh no what but I sent them like seven emails I'm like why would you not stop after email two and try calling them you know so and then do they have an answer in five minutes yeah Yeah. I honestly think that people are weirdly uncomfortable talking on the phone now there are so many different options for ways to communicate that you don't need to do it anymore you know I tell my kids this all the time like you have to be able to interact with people and look people in the eye and speak up and mm-hmm. you know like you can't text the waiter your order when you're at a restaurant oh my god somebody please tell my daughter because <laughs> damn it's hard to get that's, an order out of that that's kid. legit something that we've like worked on yeah yeah I just I kind of feel like I spent my entire allotment of phone hours in high school and college and so now <laughs> I haven't used many in the last few years remember call um, waiting I do remember call waiting god that yeah, party we, lines. We were never allowed to get call waiting at my oh. house. No, no, my dad thought it was really rude. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, to be on one call and be like, um, hang on, somebody else is calling. Maybe this is better. <laughs> it might be somebody more important. Right, exactly. So he's not wrong. What if you do that on a Zoom date? Like put somebody in a waiting room? <laughs> hang on, somebody hotter might be Zooming in. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I'm doing that next time. <laughs> It's perfect. Oh, man. Somebody please develop that technology. Yeah. Someone should develop, like, a Zoom that is completely geared towards dating. Well, I think, is it Bumble? One of them has, like, a video chat option now as Mm. part of the dating app. I think it's Bumble. Interesting. I mean, it would be good for people in long-distance relationships, too. They probably, like, FaceTime or whatever Well, they don't need to be doing it through an app at that point. They can just use FaceTime. I know what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) a platform that was developed that, like, made everybody look super hot and I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, so just built-in filters. Those are cool filters. Yeah. Just kidding. I try. We've already <laughs> talked about this on an episode. I'm trying not to use filters. Yes. I think I have on um, this new OkCupid profile that I created after I said I would not. Find her um, on OkCupid. That's everyone. right, folks. I think I've got like 10 pictures on there because it lets you have 10. And only ten pictures. I don't know, man. I just keep, a lot, I keep man. finding fun pictures. But only two of them had any kind of like filter on it but i like the picture gallery unto yourself yeah they get a good sense of me got it got it it's fine you know all this talk of like dating over video Mm -hmm. chat or whatever you want to call it reminds me of a radio program that i was listening to in my car on the way to work one morning it was probably like a year or two ago and they were kind of having like a confessional type thing going on where people call in and like confess things that nobody knows about them. Oh yeah, I feel like you brought this up a while back. I did because it was really interesting to me because I knew what a cam girl was. I was aware of the concept, but I didn't realize until this girl called in and said that she was a cam girl and that her friends and family didn't know that there are actually like facilities like she alleged that she works at this facility in downtown Seattle that looks like a normal office building suite or something but when you go in there there's like multiple kind of rooms set up and they're all tailored to some different like fantasy type idea and so you go in there and you figure out like what room you're working in that day I'm in the medieval room today (laughs) 
<laughs> I was thinking more of like, you know, the bathtub or oh, like, I, I don't know. That probably makes more sense. <laughs> probably like fetish oriented. I think she had told her friends and family she was like a receptionist or something. Mm. But you, you go to work and it's like, here's your, you know, lingerie or whatever. You're in room five today. Oh my God. And then you go in there, switch on your webcam and for like, I don't know, eight to 12 hours, you are being a cam girl and making a bunch of money. And then you put your regular clothes on and you go home. So I knew the concept of a cam girl. I just didn't like really think about the fact that there was warehoused. Yeah. That it's warehoused and you know, people do it voluntarily. And then I was like, Oh, is this legal or right? You know, it, first of all, just a little sidebar. It kind of reminds me of those, um, more like Japanese style karaoke bars but it's not a bar. It's like a, a place where you go. Oh, and you like get your we went room. for Alicia's birthday? Yeah, but that's very Americanized bar. I've been to one that you just have rooms. They don't have alcohol there. Boring. I know, right? But then you like go in your own private Checking room. Checking out right now. You do your private karaoke. And then, so it's just, it was just, I don't know when you were Wait, describing like that. It's a solo? Well, I guess if you wanted to. Oh. You have to just rent the room, so bring whoever you want, I guess. But, Interesting. Yeah. What was the name of the karaoke place where we rented a room for Alicia's oh, birthday? Oh, Rockbox. Rockbox. That was so That's, fun. I had never really heard of a cam girl when you first started talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I guess we should probably yeah. more clearly define what it is in case people don't know. Right. So It's your next job. The, my next job? Yeah. Oh, With shit. your phone sex voice. With my phone, yes. That we've talked well, about before. I mean, I can do a good phone sex voice, everybody. Mm, was that not where, it? That's where 10 tokens right there. <laughs> ten tokens. Well, we'll get to tokens in a minute. It feels like a video game, honestly. Like, Oh, God. I mean, it might feel like that to the people who are paying for it, too. Okay. Well, we'll talk about tokens in okay. a minute. But let's just talk about what a cam right. girl is. So a cam webcam model, um, typically a cam girl. There's definitely males that do this as well. A webcam um, model? Or, they're doing more than just model. <laughs> well, that's true. But... Yes, the uh, the Wikipedia I'm not judging, the Wikipedia I'm article saying. says they're working models. hard for their money. I'm just saying. They're I'm going to sing all the songs today. They're not just looking pretty. They put some effort into it. They work hard for the money. <laughs> oh, I feel like we should retain so that. Oh Jesus! A bunch of looking pretty. Excuse us. Okay. Um, so yes, a webcam model, cam girl, cam boy, is a video performer um, who is streamed on the internet. Uh, usually with a live webcam broadcast. And uh, they can perform erotic acts, stripping, masturbation, but they also can do things as kind of benign as like painting or, you know, I don't know what yeah, else. They, I, they, I think I've read like they can offer almost like anything from like just some companionship yeah. to it's almost sort of like an escort, but only virtually, you know, like I can be just your companion or I can do, like, dirty, dirty things for you if I choose to. Except that you'd be with that escort with perhaps hundreds of other people at the same time. Oh, because yeah. Because it's usually a, a group forum. Well, it starts right? that way, right? Yeah, so it's like, here's how I understand it, mostly. So they have sites, and they have group chats or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... One girl, one cam girl, or boy, because there's cam boys too, mm-hmm. is there and you can chat with her or him for free as a group. And then the group can, people in the group can pay like tokens um, for her or him to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's tokens is because they can't actually pay the cam girl or the cam boy money. 
So they have to buy these tokens. Because legally it's some sort of prostitution at that point, right? Yeah, I think that's how it works. And so it's like, if they just buy the tokens, and then they pay in tokens. Well, they're tipping in tokens. A lot of it was tipping. Exactly. So you're in a group chat. There's no cost to be there. If people give tokens as like a tip, then that might motivate the cam girl or cam boy to do something mm-hmm. flash or whatever. Yeah. And but really the goal is to try to like hook somebody who's in the group chat to want to go into a private chat. Because once you go into a private chat, then it starts getting charged by the they minute. Pay more, yeah. You're making money just by being there with them in a private chat rather than in a group forum, which, you know, you still get money from tips and stuff. But it blew me away when I saw the numbers of how many cam girls are online. And it, like right now, how many cam girls would be online? It's I think like, it said like 12,500. Yeah. So the industry is, it's like billions. It's booming. Well, of and, dollars. and, you know, given what we were talking about, the constraints of just regular dating right now, right? More and more people are probably looking to those sorts of outlets, those sorts of mm-hmm. sites for that companionship, that connection, even if they're paying for it, because you can't just go out and meet people and talk to people and as easily because we're all in lockdown or were. Mm-hmm. Now we're but a lot of these, well, yeah, so that was the whole point is like, yeah, we're all in lockdown. So there's a supply and demand issue. Right. right yeah. There might be a lot of men or women that are interested in cam girls or cam boys. Is that the actual term cam boys? Well, that's what it says on, on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, the gender neutral is just cam model. Cam model. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I don't like that because I feel like they actually do a lot more than just sit there and then say, well, I mean, right. they, everything we've read, like they're exhausted at the oh, end yeah. of their they shift, work you know, 12 hour days. You know, there are people that are going to take issue with this from a moral standpoint. Mm-hmm. But in the world of sex workers, it's safer. I mean, I remember an article that we read where. The girl said, I feel like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman mm-hmm. because I say who, I say when, I say how much, say you how know. Much. She can flip off that webcam anytime she wants right. to. It's and a safe way to to make the money to do what you want to do. No one knows where you are, no one can touch you. And you can really set your own boundaries and say, here's things that I'm willing to do and here's things that I'm not. Yeah. And I mean, of course, it's not that simple all the time. No. Like, you know, I read about this girl who was saying that it can be a high pressure situation because if she has, you know, recurring clients that like working with her and maybe somebody who she knows to be uh, consistent and a big tipper consistently and she relies on that for income is pressuring her to do something she's not super comfortable with, but then she feels like she needs to do it because she mm-hmm. wants to retain that client. I mean, yeah. that's where it starts to get a little yeah, and fuzzy. I, I do think of, that... Um, from what I understand, the the people who are making their own way with it, um, acting as their own boss, so to speak, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial cam models, are, you know, better able to kind of set those boundaries and they have more agency rather than uh, the people who do work in these studios, like probably like that warehouse office building situation you were talking about. Which is apparently not far from my well, work. Yeah, I just have to Megan find it. just walk down the street and find it and you can get a second <laughs> job. Hey, uh, I have a feeling I'd be good at it. I think you'd be great at it, Megan. <laughs> In those situations, the, the studio uh, has a lot of rules that these people, the models need to follow and the studio takes a much bigger cut of the money. 
But if you're just getting started, maybe it's worth it right. to these girls. Like, it varies, right? Like some of them, maybe they'll take a higher cut, but then you get more, like, in terms of help with, like, wardrobe and hair and makeup and advice on how to interact with clients successfully. Right. Whereas some of them maybe don't take as big of a cut, but it's just kind of like throw you to the wolves and let's see how you do. As everyone's been in quarantine and a lot of people have lost their jobs and, you know, a lot of these videos, these live streaming, it's all shot on phones for the most part. And so a lot of these people can just do it from home and they can make their own way as long as they find a platform, which there Mm -hmm. are a bunch of these platforms. I mean, one even made it into a Beyonce song. In April, only only oh, yeah. fans, it's called. Let me ask you this. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that this is an appropriate way for somebody who doesn't have an opportunity to fulfill some, you know, need for intimacy or sexual interaction that maybe otherwise wouldn't be in a position to go out and get? Like right now, it's there's an easy example. There's a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So people are at home or sheltering in place or whatever. But they still have, needs. you know, sexual needs sure. and, and a need and a desire for intimacy. What about people in other situations that um, maybe have that kind of need but aren't able to easily access it? Somebody that's um, very isolated where they live mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, do you think it's okay for them to access a cam girl or something and, and get that need fulfilled by I do. paying for it. I do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this country and, and many others, but certainly here, we're also goddamn puritanical as a whole, mm-hmm. right? Culturally, it's not, this is like a stigma taboo topic. Like it's not okay to talk about. And um, some of the stuff I was Which reading. Which is hilarious well, considering, <laughs> you know, how morally bankrupt we are in so many so other things. In so many other ways. And how many people are very much into anything like this, sexual, mm-hmm. whatever, but unwilling to talk about it and will put on this big front of, like, being the moral well, authority. It's, it's kind of almost like sex therapy, right? Sure. I mean, that's a thing. That's Absolutely. a booming business. How many married people do you know? You might not want to answer this for real. Wow. But, like, you know, have a pretty good marriage other than the fact that they're not having sex. It happens. It absolutely happens. And people go to sex therapists or maybe somebody has, like, a fetish or, sure. like, some kind of trauma in their past that prevents them from being able to enjoy intimacy or something. I don't know. I just almost wonder if this could be, like, a form of sex therapy for people who don't easily have access to intimacy. I mean, I believe that sexual repression creates bad situations. 100%. Religion is one avenue we could go down. People that are sexually repressed, Mm -hmm. finding victims, taking advantage of those people. You know, there may be a sex crime component to... Mm -hmm. Repression. I don't know. I mean, to me, it kind of seems like we could put our hands over our ears and close our eyes and pretend this isn't happening, but it's fucking happening. But also, you know? why? Because it's great. Well, what, what I'm saying, <laughs> not just this, but like the sex industry. Yeah. Like it's a billion dollar, it's multi-billion like dollar billion industry. Dollar industry. Yeah. So this is happening. So for cam girls, I'm kind of like, it's a way to mutually fulfill desire. Like a lot of girls that do it say they just love doing it. Sure. And it, it helps them work through some of their own shit. They're safe. I don't really have a problem with it. Mm-mm. No, I don't have a problem with it at all. Because the safety issue is the biggest thing. The like... 
overall porn industry is kind of moving in that direction. Typically in pornography, mm-hmm. it's not exactly a very like feminist, let the women set the agenda kind of scenario. A lot of the studio heads and producers and like the, the filmmakers were typically male. A lot of the stars were female and were taken advantage of. And I think a lot of, um, you know, I've seen some documentaries in the past about how, you know, you age out of the porn industry in movies after like three months and they're just taken advantage of. They get barely any money. I think it was a documentary that Alyssa Milano made. It was really good, actually. Interesting. Maybe? What was it called? What about people, because I know that there are cam models that cater to people that are trans, all areas of the spectrum, right? All young adults kind of find ways to explore their sexuality, right? Yeah. But what if you're not comfortable, like you haven't come out yet, or you know that you're trans, but you're not Mm -hmm. comfortable being open about that yet in your community or working towards that, but you still want to explore and experiment. And I mean, those could be great situations, I think, that are like not a safety concern that maybe you could explore some of that and see how you feel. And yeah, um, I think that that's another great opportunity for putting yourself out there a little bit. I think you're absolutely right. I think that basically every generation after us, you know, was raised with the internet. And so that's kind of the first place that they look right. for things anyway. Right. And so I think that that's exactly what happens with a lot of kids who are questioning sexuality, kids who are looking for information on basically anything. Mm-hmm. They tend to go to the internet first and it, and it is a more anonymous, safer place for them to kind of get some information. Certainly there are unsafe things that can happen. You can go down sure. roads that right lead to bad things but to be able to find like a companion or a community where you feel accepted when you don't have that opportunity in your real life mm-hmm. that's huge mm-hmm. and you could just as easily make a connection with someone in real life that might be a questionable influence than you you know making that connection online this kind of goes back to like we always talk about how important it is to talk to young children mm-hmm. about the positives of sexuality and sex And not just always make it a scary thing. Like, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to get an STD. Like, everything is, like, scary, scary, scary about sex, right? Right. And people don't traditionally talk about the risk, but also the positive and the Mm -hmm. joy and importance of having a healthy sex life and healthy sexual relationship and you know we're lucky that we've had the opportunity within our community to get some education about that Mm -hmm. and how important it is to talk to our kids in a positive way about sex not just in a like i'm gonna scare the shit out of you so you don't do it way because that really works too right it totally prevents young kids from those scary uh scary talks and abstinence only education definitely works all the (laughs) time (laughs) teenage pregnancies in those places right right so anyway i just i don't know i mean i'm not saying that like as a parent you should be like let's go find you a cam model but (laughs) come here son i'm just saying like um, for somebody that's listening to this who was raised in a way to think like oh no there's such a stigma i'm gonna i'm gonna judge that that's horrible it's like why why Like, question your own thought process. Yeah. Why is this so horrible? What? Please question yourself always. Everyone should. I mean, that's I part of the reason. The well, that's part of the reason we do this, right? Yeah. To provoke some thoughts that, you know, maybe is not what was brainwashed into you from an early age. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. But I think people would probably ask, like, because you were sort of 
alluding to pornography a little bit earlier, like how is being a cam model different from being in the porn industry? From what I was reading a couple ways, um, one in sort of um, the actual logistics of it, it's definitely more of a live uh, live stream, not recorded kind of thing. There's some different legalities around pornographic if you will, video and putting it out there versus live streaming it. I'm no lawyer. I don't know the uh, actual. Where's Ashley? Where's Ashley? (laughs) Damn it, Ashley. I don't think it's kind of a law. Probably not. Um, But there are different issues around that. And I think it's, it's a little less restrictive to live stream things Mm -hmm. than to have it recorded. One of the things I found fascinating is basically all, well, it was like eight out of 10 of the most popular porn sites online. The ones you've all heard of, probably YouPorn, Pornhub, RedTube. I mean, most people can't rattle those off the way you can, Michelle. Well, (laughs) let's talk about that later. (laughs) I just read some articles, but uh, yeah, most of those companies are actually owned by the same company. Like, they're not separate. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, too. It was, like, every article I read, it, there's, like, this powerhouse It's called, what was company. it called? MindGeek? MindGeek, yeah. MindGeek. And they own most of the major porn sites. And as it turns out, basically all of the content on those porn sites that you can go watch for free is completely pirated and stolen from the content creators. So wherever that originated, the people have some sort of monetized platform, whether their clients or customers are paying for it or whether they have ads that pay and then the people get it for free. Regardless of that, these other sites, Pornhub, YouPorn, whatever, they're essentially stealing all this content and then just passing it out to everybody. And there are legal ramifications for that, but as the person whose video it is, you need to have a lot of time and money to be able to fight it. Well, and it sounds like they have a lot of money to fight with you should you choose to litigate. Exactly. This reminded me of another thing I want to say about um, cam girls. The sites where people are kind of going through the agency that represents the site. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they do is they make sure they background check these girls and make sure that mm-hmm. they're at least, is it 18? So that you're not, we're not talking about like... Um, child child exploitation that is something it seems like the industry takes really seriously i just want to mention that because i know like in the porn industry it's the same thing i mean of course there's gonna be people that lie about their age or whatever but the the repercussions for using someone who's underage are so huge that Mm -hmm. um, most of the time i think they try to check that well something that i read that was really fascinating they were talking about ethically sourced porn like People care about where their food comes from now. Like, that's become a big thing. Is this like buying organic? Seriously. Do you pay more for I mean, that's the thing is that maybe you should. I feel much better about myself. This is the high quality (laughs) porn that's better for my vagina. Right. No, people talk about ethically sourced food. People talk about ethically (laughs) sourced. What the fuck are you talking about? Listen, I'm trying to tell you. People talk about, you know, um, where your clothing comes from, that kind of thing. But when it comes to porn, because people are much more reluctant to talk about the industry as a whole, then they don't pay as much attention to where it comes from. And thus you end up with people consuming stolen content really without knowing it or caring. And you end up with things like um, sexual trafficking that can lead to Video Here's the thing, content. though. I think you're. I think you're talking about probably like porn connoisseurs. Like, no, 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 no. Well, no. Listen, like what I'm saying. <laughs> you can tell me if I'm misunderstanding you, but 
if somebody is going to take the time to make sure that they have like clean organic porn or whatever you're <laughs> calling it, it seems to me like they're not like the couple who like on a Saturday night is like, yeah, let's spice it up. Let's you're just right. pull up a porn on HBO yes. or whatever. That's the person who's like, I care about where my porn comes from. Totally. <laughs> so, you're, you're right. My, my point isn't that each necessarily that each individual should be looking and spending the time because that's not the kind of thing you spend time looking for. I don't know. I mean, I feel like people in Seattle or the Pacific Northwest, they might be like, ooh, make sure you get the organic porn. Can I get the organic porn? (laughs) Yeah, it's not so much that the individual should, that they are the ones looking for that, but that that's where the industry kind of needs to go is that people are paying attention to where it's coming from, the source of it, so that you're not stealing somebody's creative content. And you're not contributing to possible underage. But or... that's not going to happen until the stigma is gone. Well, that's until that's people the thing. are like willing and able to talk about it mm-hmm. and understand that um, it's not a super scary thing. I mean, if you're not comfortable watching porn, you can just watch some movies like um, 365 DNI. Is that what that's called? Is that on the new Netflix? one on Netflix? Oh that, my God. I'm sorry, that's porn. I mean, what? good for them. <laughs> Um, oh, for a second, shit. I thought you said that's boring, and I'm like, it is not. <laughs> oh, I think most of it was probably well, boring. I only watched a couple scenes. The movie itself doesn't <laughs> seem to be, like, really earth-shattering. The no. sex scenes are earth-shattering, I think. Like, I just kind of got to the point where I was, like, fast-forwarding to the sex scenes, but... Yeah, absolutely. They were fucking great. I mean, the scene on the boat... Yeah. Yeah, it went on forever. I, I didn't was watch like, any other part of the movie. Remember before we recorded our last episode with Ashley, we were like, Ashley, check this you out. You have to watch this. So if Ashley sounded a little distressed. <laughs> we might have made her watch some Just porn kidding. right before we started. She, Don't worry, she can hang. She'll be fine. Right, Mike? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Porn's come a long way, man. I mean, the fact that everything's available at your fingertips, both literally and metaphorically, are, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, yes, it is. It's amazing. I mean, I I have to tell you, okay, years ago, my very first restaurant job, about 20 years ago, I'm at this restaurant, and I'd been there for a while. I was assistant manager at that point. Oh, so you were, like, working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. Yes. The cook came running out of the kitchen one night after we closed, and we were all cleaning up. And he was, like, yelling at me in broken English. And I was like, what, Juan, what the hell's happening? What's going on? And he was like, you have to come back here. You have to come back here. And he had on the desk in the little, like, corner of the kitchen that was the office, there was, like, a manila folder full, 100 pages probably, of porn printed out with the, like, URL on the bottom and everything. Was it, like, a gift? Did you work a really good shift or something? <laughs> I mean, thank you, Why Juan. Why want to show it to you? He found it. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the file cabinet. Oh. He was so, like, frantic in the moment because he'd found this fucking folder full of porn. <laughs> and it was just picture after picture after picture printed out one page at a time hmm. from all these sites. And I bet somebody was really disappointed to lose that. Well, he also <laughs> lost his job. Spoiler alert. Let's oh, get to that part. Okay. So it turns out, you know how it gives like the timestamp and the URL on every page you print from the internet? Oh, yeah. So all of the timestamps showed times when only our manager was there like by himself <laughs> on Saturday mornings or whatever. And we all hated this guy. He was a complete dick. So we're, we're just, we're looking through this shit and we're like, oh my God. God, what did we just find? So a few funny little tidbits. Number one, there were two file cabinets. One was locked and only the manager had the key. 
That is not the file cabinet the folder of porn was in. Oh, God, imagine what was in the other file I cabinet. don't actually want to know. Uh, number two, as I said, I was assistant manager, and so I was privy to some of the expenses of the place. Okay. And there was an invoice on top of the, you know, to-be-paid pile for a bunch of printer ink from Staples or something. Oh, my God, that because- reminds me, when I'm not trying to interrupt your story, but just real quick, one of the articles that I read... There was a guy who was prosecuted for using his company expense account. Oh my God, yes. Basically to fund this like cam girl addiction. Like hundreds that he had. of thousands of yeah, dollars. Yeah, like he put literally put one girl yes. through college. Yes. A cam girl that he liked through college through on college. his company expense account. But anyway, hundreds I digress. Okay, well this guy didn't saying. do that much damage. <laughs> but but yeah, so he had he had printed all of this stuff on company time from the company printer. He put it in the file cabinet we could all get to. <laughs> and Maybe he wanted you to find it. I don't think so. <laughs> also, it was like a bunch of porn and then pictures of Drew Barrymore. Oh. And and not naughty pictures of Drew Barrymore, just well, maybe he just of her. liked her. He maybe loved her. She was along. his favorite, and we also happened to know that his girlfriend got really mad when he would talk about her because she would get super jealous of Drew Barrymore. They I mean, were, they girl, were a treat, guys. I'm sorry, but they I'm were pretty sure treat. that he's not going to hook up with Drew Barrymore. So. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. I had to call in the sales every night, and I call the vice president, and I'm like, okay, so, Bill, here's the numbers. Also, we really need to talk to you, so if you could call in the morning and ask for the other assistant manager, he'll be here. That would be great. And I took the folder of porn and stuck it underneath, like, a bench, like a booth bench seat so that just in case this manager came back and like not that he would have mm-hmm. but just in case he came looking for it he wouldn't be able to find it so we'd still have the evidence and yeah that, that asshole got fired because he had porn in the <laughs> kitchen i mean what in the hell i mean whatever like do your porn on your own time in your well, own right. filing cabinet at home can i tell you the best part though yeah sure the main site he printed from mm-hmm. was the band camp section of a website <sighs> called picklepilot.com well you know there's a reason that those sites <laughs> exist because everybody's got their thing there were clarinets in some places oh my god yeah well i have a porn story actually mm. that reminds me um <laughs> first of all this is not my story but i will say my first experience with porn was first job i had when i was like a junior or senior in high school i worked at a video store in my hometown oh. and it, did it have like the back room with the curtains it, yeah it had a porn <gasps> section and because i was only 17 I was technically not allowed to go in there. Mm -hmm. But when I was working, like, I had to put movies back. So I had to go in there. And I was like, wow. Oh, hey. You know, like, Pamela and Tommy Lee are always checked out, you know. (laughs) So so I also had authority to, like, waive fines and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the guy who ran that place was a giant asshole as well. Shocking. So anyway, I put the porn back and I felt like all, you know, like I was being rebellious because I was in the porn room or whatever not even 18 and then these guys would want to come in and check out more porn and they'd have like 50 dollars in late fees for the porn they did have and i'd be (laughs) like don't worry i got you i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wipe this fine for you wink wink get your porn and get home so anyway that wasn't my story though so amongst our group of friends we're kind of a fun competitive group like you know we we like to create like competitions for random (laughs) shit that doesn't mean anything so one year we made a competition based on the show The Bachelor. It, I, we, it wasn't just a competition. We had a fucking fantasy league. 
We had a fantasy league. That's right. Bachelor fantasy. And we, like, did our draft and mm-hmm. all the shit. So, anyway, our one friend, Liz, I don't think she'll care if I say her name. No. Wins everything all the time. And it's so annoying because she's so freaking competitive. And she always wants to win. And she always does win Liz, the Bachelor. Stop winning. God, it's so annoying, Liz. Quit it. Anyway, so... <laughs> Our, like, joke was, okay, so the prize is whoever wins, everyone has to get them a bottle of wine and a sex toy. Mm-hmm. I don't and think I've paid up yet. Sorry, Liz. Yeah. I you, should probably do that. That was, like, four years ago. Toys. This one crazy night, we were all at this, like, Hawaiian-themed luau. Tickets that were actually purchased at a fundraiser for our kids' schools. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. So we <laughs> left. And we go to, we try to go to some other brewery or something. I'm a little fuzzy. All I know for sure is at the end of the night, we ended up at a strip club. But anyway, um, <laughs> some for some reason, we made a pit stop at this, like, fantasy erotic boutique store mm. that's somewhat close to our house mm-hmm. that I've always seen, but we've never gone into. And I was like, oh, let's go in here because then I can pay up on the Bachelor bet. <laughs> And so we go in there, and it was amazing. There was so many things I didn't know were I even manufactured. I missed that part of the evening. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. sad about it. <laughs> I said to Liz, because she was with us, and I said, I'm going to pay up on my bet now. So I bought her a porn <laughs> that I thought would be great, because it said it had Jenna Jameson in it. And That's she's a big like, name. hell yeah, like she's conquered the porn industry. So Liz or Jenna? <laughs> Jenna. Oh. Maybe like Get her own work, private porn industry in her house. <laughs> so, and her husband was with us, and I was like, look, you guys, like, I'm paying up on the bet. Here's your, here's your Jenna Jameson porn. And they were like, sweet, man. We'll watch it, whatever. So, anyway, we go to the strip club. That's a whole nother podcast episode. A few days later, Liz was like, you bitch. <laughs> and I was like, what? What happened? Apparently, it was like clown porn, kind oh, of. Like, Wasn't there like a tricycle? Yeah. They said that. And op- a little person in a clown suit? The opening something? scene. I don't know what the little person, but the opening scene was a clown riding a tricycle, masturbating. Or in like something a mental like that. asylum or something. Yeah, it was like disturbing. Terrifying. Disturbing. That's not hot. And. And I was like, oh, my God, are you fucking serious? Like, I'm so sorry. It's about Jenna Jameson, and I thought it would be great. And so another thing that we do is I always do, like, a naughty white elephant Uh gift exchange every year. Uh And we have, like, a big Christmas party. And people bring white elephant gifts. And they can be, like, you know, just something funny. Or they can even be something nice. But most of the time, there's something inappropriate. Mm -hmm. There's a limit, a financial limit. So you can't spend a lot of money. Liz um, wrapped up the clown porn. It was a re-gift. It was, it was a re-gift. A little re-gift. So I won't say who ended up with the clown porn. It was a friend of a friend that nobody knew that well. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not sure she really appreciated it well, for what it was worth. What you but get for so who knows porn. where that ended up, but there's definitely oh like, you know, good porns and bad porns. And I'm not sure a masturbating clown riding a tricycle is the kind of porn that I want I feel like to I watch. can confidently say that just is always in the bad column. Always. Well, next time I'll do a little more research. I, I, I won't just randomly Ask if they have a back something. room you can watch it in first. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. And I'm yeah. sure they have not been COVID sanitized. Can you imagine those places right now? Oh, God. God. Ew. Well, I noticed that the local strip club that's like just down the road, you know, they have one of those like 
big signs. Mm-hmm. It's electronic. The video signs. Yeah, and it's like, thank you to all our heroes the doctors and, and, the and I'm like, grocery store workers. I, I feel a theme night coming for oh, sure. <laughs> it's going to be like well, sexy nurses yeah. and firefighters. They're still and, closed, for the record. I know. But if they do that theme night, we must go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we have some free tickets into that place, we, that's which a, is another wow. story that... Yes. We'll tell about on maybe a different episode. We went down a rabbit hole there. We sure did. All of this to say, dating got hard, guys. What are we going to do when we try to actually, like, meet people? There are those stellar guidelines we found. Those came from... Like, tell them what they're doing and what they're advising in New York. Yeah. by the way... This is great. I at least appreciate that, you know, they're just being honest. Like, they know that people are going to have sex. So, the New York City Department of Health apparently has always been pretty sex positive, which is awesome. Should we tell people what sex positive means in case they don't know? Define that. Um, It basically means, like, to state the obvious, having a positive attitude about sex and also, like, feeling comfortable with your sexual identity and sexual behavior it's basically like the destigmatization of sex yeah, like it's a judgment free zone yeah you're just like you're embracing it as like being sexual is healthy and having sex is healthy yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that or negative about it so that's what being sex positive is that's what we should all be working towards absolutely so the new york city department of health um has put out some guidelines safer sex and covid19 I really appreciated it and found it to be quite funny, actually. They talk about, you know, the safest sex is with yourself. Next safest is with somebody in your household. Right. Right. I don't have that. It's just me and the kids. (sighs) Well, that's what happens when you're single like us. I know, right? Uh, After that, like a trusted friend. Yeah, they're kind of like advocating for FWBs, right? Friends with benefits. 100%. Because it's somebody that you can really already, you already know where they're at, what they've been doing. You have those conversations easily. Uh, beyond that, they start giving some some ideas of, uh, you know, to take care during sex. Uh, they talk about, you know, kissing can easily pass the virus. Rimming might also spread the virus. Don't they say wear a mask when you're having sex? Wear a face covering or Because, mask. like, heavy breathing or, like, shouting yes. can yep. really spread it that sure COVID. Can. <laughs> heavy breathing and panting can spread the virus further. And then, and then the next one says, make it a little kinky. Be creative with sexual. I positions. love that that's their like official advice. Like that part's bolded. get fucking kinky. It's in bold. Make it a little <laughs> kinky. I love New York. Be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls that will allow sexual contact while preventing close face to face contact. So see, like your body is a wonderland for right? sure during COVID. It's like you can have sex, but wear a mask and get kinky. Right. I mean, this is where. Uh, Good night, the... New York. <laughs> This is a, you know, there's a lot of things that people already enjoy doing with masks and whatever else. But now it's it's being recommended by your city or state. <laughs> I also read in the Netherlands, their public health officials are advising that people who are locked down but are single find a sex buddy, S-E-K-S buddy, <laughs> Which they define as a trusted person with whom to have an exclusive sexual relationship, even if it wasn't a potential long-term partnership. So, again, we have, like, a public health official saying... We know you want to fuck. Get yourself an FWB. Right. (laughs) This is the government saying, look, we know you want to fuck. 
So let's just get that out of the way. Just be safe. Just do it safely. <laughs> well, and that's that's another I don't know thing about wearing. I mean, wearing a mask and having sex sounds really uncomfortable. I personally would. I mean, not but I thought it. that about going to Target, and now it's normal. So. Well, right. It's not. I'm not usually as sweaty at Target as I would be having sex, but. I Open a window, get a fan. You know, there's workarounds. There, that's true. That, that's a whole other conversation, though. We used to just have to talk about like, have you been checked for STIs right. lately? Do and, you have a condom? Right? Do you have a condom? No. But it's now like, it's like, have, have you, you been tested for COVID? Did you get a swab up to your brain? What's your exposure been like? Right. Are you going to wear a mask? I mean, it's a whole other set of questions. Things we didn't have to think about before. We're talking about covering up different things. We're talking about getting tested for different things. It's just. Basically, what we Just, all need is, like, full-body latex suits. No. No, that sounds awful. No. Don't do that. I you don't ha- know. No, I mean, basically, everyone is saying find yourself a friend's, friend with benefits, right? You just you need to expand your circle enough that that you have some trusted person mm-hmm. that you you can just you know fuck when you need to fuck. Well, I mean that's good even when you're not in a pandemic. It's true. Certainly relied on that resource in the past. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, okay, Megan. Yes. How are we feeling about porn today? Have we covered it all? I oh absolutely not. Nope, there's, there's no way to cover more. it all. Nope. But I being I would classify myself as a sex positive person. Oh yeah. I have a positive overall view of cam girls and pornography and you know Zoom dating or kinky sex during a pandemic. Whatever you need to do <laughs> to get yours. That's right. That's right. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We can be found online at Prosecco Theory, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We would love to hear from you at cheers at prosecotheory.com. Please subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts. Download, subscribe, rate, all those good things. Man, you should be a cam girl. You're really good at promoting us. I just feel like if I saw myself doing it, it would be a whole different thing. It's one thing to talk. But on Hmm. video, I don't know. Well, we'll see where um, your career path goes. I'm happy to manage you in that regard, though. I would rely on you a lot for that. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Sources for today's episode include Masks, No Kissing, and A Little Kinky, Dating and Sex in a Pandemic by Tara Parker Pope for the New York Times. My Life as a Cam Girl Taught Me About Pleasure, Consent, and Healing by Issa Mazay for Glamour. This is How Much Money Cam Girls Really Make. Interviews by Rose Stokes for Vice. Cam Girl Reality, An Enticing Illusion Leaves Many Models Poor and Defeated by Sophia Carrot Ibarra for The Guardian. Sex Work Comes Home by Gabrielle Drolet for the New York Times. The Hidden Economics of Porn. Interviews by Joe Pinsker for The Atlantic. COVID-19 is fundamentally reshaping the porn industry for the better by Andrew Barica for Forbes. Making Sense of Modern Pornography by Katrina Forrester for The New Yorker. A podcast called Cam Girl Interrupted by Brandy Rose. And good old Wikipedia.